Welcome to the Men at Work podcast, episode 27. I am your host, Travis Streb. All right, today is a special podcast. Uh, This is a conversation with myself, Ryan Lee Sharp, and Rainier Wild. Uh, The three of us put on a a men's embodiment immersion weekend. And in this episode, we're talking all about the immersion weekend. So, you know, the, the reason we're doing it, why we put it out in the world, what it's all about, and um, a look behind the scenes for anyone who's got questions about it. So if you are keen on hearing about this immersion, definitely tune in. If you want to know what goes on behind the scenes at a men's embodiment retreat, uh, and you even if you don't plan to come, uh, it's worth a listen just to get a sense of the kind of work that we're doing. Um, this is a ton of fun. You know, obviously the three of us work together a lot, so there's some, you know, good conversation here and I hope you enjoy the episode. So let's jump into episode 27. Guys, really stoked to have us all here, the three of us behind the Embody Retreat. Um, three pretty unlikely partners in this, actually. You know, Rainier, you and I met in a in a funny place doing some strange Kundalini yoga on our friend's back deck in Mazama, Washington. And yeah. Ryan, I met you around. Uh, we actually all came together around Kundalini yoga. Surprisingly, that's true, down by the river. Oh, I made yeah, I river. made Ryan and some other guys do some some kundalini yoga down by a river no no, we chose to we chose to travis (laughs) we took a stand that's right that's right yeah we did we did beautiful stuff that night um but but that i think is 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 uh you know without drawing everything back to kundalini yoga which i love to do that is probably the essence of embody is that we found each other and decided we wanted to create something a bit different out there but um you know, my, my experience of it was that the idea for Embody was was fairly organic, but Rainier, man, I, I feel like you were really driving the boat on mm. making things happen. I'm wondering what your what your experience was and what your you know, what your story was as far as where this idea came from. Yeah. No, I mean it's such a good question. I've thought about that a lot, uh especially after last year and just the the incredible success that we saw with with that first embody retreat and i think the the idea for me is that we were really seeing this rise in men's conferences and men's workshops and it's something that i i've called like the pro bros <laughs> before and it's these men who are making a living off of being a man and i think that's really great um, but it didn't say anything about uh, new possibilities. It didn't necessarily say anything about enlightenment. It didn't say anything about belonging and tribe outside of these really commodified ways in my mind. And I, I was feeling like my own distress at that, that, that men would only tolerate that for so long, that I would only tolerate that for so long. I wanted something that was out of my head that wasn't a lecture that wasn't a discourse 
Um, something that was profoundly experiential and something that in the end had this, this word, this functional word, which I would say is transformation attached to it, that there would be a possibility for transformation on the other end of this, that it wouldn't just be like a circle jerk, you know, like there would actually be something really profound that could come of this time. So that was kind of the genesis for me in that. Yeah, <laughs> I love the, yeah, the, that's true, man. There's a lot of the the conversational work that goes on where we just, I think you, I think you coined the phrase for me, Rainier, it was like mental masturbation. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Which actually, you know, it's got, it's got its place and, and it's got its value. It just wasn't what I wanted to create more of either. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Ryan, man, what about you? Where did, where did this whole embody idea come from for you? Well, I, th- I think in conversation with Rainier over time, it, it was really around that conversation that like, so there's, we are so well resourced in this modern era. I mean, you can, you can learn how to do anything. You can become a certified instructor in anything. So why is it that we have all of this incredible knowledge and yet we're like riddled with anxiety, depression, uh, not knowing what we should do with our days, how we should structure our years. And so it really was thinking through how, you know, especially for men, we've lost any sort of initiation Mm -hmm. into the man's world, you know, the transition from boy to man. And we started unpacking what those, what those experiences were like. And, you know, usually there was like, there was a cutting off, there was a sending out and all of these things were not knowledge based. They were getting out into the world or into the journey and then you figure it out along the way so when we were conceptualizing what a retreat what an immersion what the work that we do separately and together might look like uh there was this push to not just be another another thing to teach people there's there's so much talking going on about out there about the way that you could be living And I just don't know that we need more of that. It seems like, you know, once we sort of like figured out the full triangle of of the three of us, that idea that, you know, that you've been working with for a long time, Travis, this actual embodiment of wisdom, of Mm. practice, it seems like it really gets more at that transformation than just giving people new information, which is kind of what we're trained to do at this point. It's what people expect, you know, it's just to like, Oh, give me some like some some mind hacking tricks or like help me be, you know, uh, 10 steps to being a better husband, lover, whatever, you know, it's like those things can be effective, but mainly as teachers in learning that knowledge by itself is not enough to transform. Yeah, man, it's yeah. You know, I've caught I've caught some flack for that. I've caught flack for that whole idea about, you know, this is that wisdom is. is not going to come from another book. Now, I mean, there's so many great books and, and absolutely. I, I fell into the same trap, man. I read every single personal development business book out there and where it all fell down was like, Oh, but then you have to do it. And then your, you know, your, your body gets in the way, like your nervous system gets in the way mm-hmm. all like when it's easy, it's easy, you know, 10 steps to better relating. Well, yeah, you're on a, you know, 10 day holiday with your, with your partner and things are going awesome 
it's like, yeah, but what about when it's three o'clock in the morning and, mm. you know, one of your kids just barfed all over the bed, you know, do you have, do you have the nervous system capacity to stay open and, um, and stay with a moment? Mm. And I think that's the, the essence of embody for me is that the experience of embody is that initiation. It is, is that transformation as opposed to the tools, tricks, and tips that you get right. from embody. Right. And what's so great about that is it means that every single embody immersion is a different experience. We, we, we maintain a process together, but people bring what they bring to it. They bring their nervous systems and their real life stories to it. And that's what shapes each specific weekend. Right. Like it's an, it's a new experience that they're having because everyone walks in with their whole history and then everyone walks out seeing what embodied masculinity in their context, in their life really means. So it has to be unique. It has to be different because everyone there is different and unique, you know? So to your point about reading the books and still like, you know, trying to sort through what does it mean? You know, how is it transforming me? I think that there is, you know, we devote most of our twenties to, to reading and absorbing knowledge. We ask questions really to get the answers because we believe in our twenties that the answers are out there to be found. We just haven't found them yet. And there's something that begins to shift in our thirties where the, the sort of, way that we have been in life, the strategies we've developed, the coping mechanisms, all of it have sort of led us to a place where they're no longer working. And so we start asking questions for a different reason. And I feel like what we get to do in these weekends is we get to honor the men for asking the questions to get the answers that they've attempted, but then saying there might be a better way than just asking questions to get answers. There might be something about physically embodying the questions that that, that that runs deeper and, and, and actually creates not change because answers can help with change, but creates transformation, which is somehow wholly felt. Yeah, man, I, I actually, I, I totally agree with that. And I mean, obviously we're, we're aligned here, but the it's, I actually believe it's part of a bigger shift. Mm-hmm. And that as we, we enter a new era, the, not only do, as, as men, do we enter different eras in our lives, but even at, as a as a, a global community, we're entering an era where and an age where the the mind is no longer the only thing that's valued, mm-hmm. and and not that it's it's not important to you know to to learn and to to be intelligent. It's more that how we and especially for men, how we measure the value of a man has actually changed. Like the value of a man in society is no longer just based on how smart this person is, how much money they can make, you know, how much protection they can provide. It's, it's really about your ability to feel into moments and act from what Rainier talks about a lot, which is the sacred masculine, which is part of what, what I believe embodies about is training training guys to take all the knowledge and wisdom they have and make it real mm-hmm. through the body in a way that's connected to their hearts. And that's a man, like that's a hard thing to ask people to do. And the weekend is a, is a kicking off point for it. Um, but I totally, um, you know, I, I think it's worth maybe talking about 
why we actually want to bring this. I mean, Ryan, you touched on it a bit, like the, this idea that we've lost initiation, but I mean, why, I mean, we're, we're spending huge amounts of time to bring this to, to guys and, you know, it's not as if we're, we're sitting around making a million bucks on it. This is, this is a part of a bigger mission for me anyway. I know it is for you. And I, I wonder if the two of you could talk a bit more about why you're so committed to bringing this to, to men in the world. Well, I think that for me, <clears throat> it connects to a really deep personal place. Uh, I often say that the men who come to me to to work with me or or even just to talk are the kind of guys who have climbed the ladder of success only to discover it was up against the wrong wall, right? Or 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 if they're really really honest, and and some of them have just cut through the the bullshit. It's like I'm working a job I can't stand to pay for bills I didn't make a spouse I don't know, kids I don't relate to anymore, and a purpose I don't have. Now, I say that about men who come to me, but the truth is that was me not all that long ago, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I had this great resume. <laughs> like life on the resume looked good. And uh, I felt like I was really, really going somewhere. But all the while, there was this hollowness to life, to living life, this hollow sense to living that was building steadily. And I'd numb it in a lot of different ways. I'd avoid it in a lot of different ways. But when I got still, when I really, really got alone and quiet, it was there like a pounding drum. And there were more of those moments increasingly. And then the floor fell out from under me. And I talk about that a lot with guys. And, and then I just had to live in this reality of like the life that I had made that I no longer wanted to live. So for me, that is like the genesis of the work that I want to do in the world, which is reaching men where they are, where I've been. And I think, I think you've been there in various ways times and places, both of you. And, and so there's this intense relationality for me where I'm like, I want to reach men before the floor falls out from under them. Like I want to connect to men so that they actually have not just more options in life, but real possibilities, right? To discover who they are and what they're about. So they're not just climbing up the wrong ladder, right? Or against the wrong wall or over and over repeating these patterns. For me, that's like, the heart of embody and it's a really personal place for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I you know I have a a similar tale to Rainier with regards to the a series of floors falling out. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> without getting into that, you know it's it's not that it's not that we're masochistic. I mean, you know, we're not pro pain per se. However, <laughs> Most of us don't even know what we're doing in life. What you know? Well, you know, I'm, I'm buying a house. I'm you know getting married. What we don't know what we're we don't know where we're going. We have we're just following mm-hmm. the default script. Now we don't feel that way. We feel like we're living our lives. Fuck you for saying that. You know, I'm just a part of the matrix or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, is that most of us sleep for half our lives in our waking state. 
there's nothing wrong with that. Like that is nobody's doing anything intentionally wrong with that. So what happens when, you know, you get a diagnosis or mm. when you lose your job or your spouse leaves you or there's cheating or your kids didn't turn out, whatever these things are, it's not that we're pro-pain, it's that those pain points usually are the precursors to some sort of waking up and asking, what the hell have I been doing? Yeah. So, you know, I could... I can tell you the stories of the last, you know, several years of my life through a grim, this happened to me sort of perspective, or I can turn back and look at it and say, all of these situations happened in order for me to wake up and actually take responsibility for my life. And I feel like when I think about what, what is so critical out there, that is that's being missed that we get to bring we're not the only ones bringing this but we are bringing this is that is be responsible for your lives now when you say that most men or people in general would say i am being responsible for my life right there's there's again this like this default script but when we really get around it when we're so identified by what our relationships look like what our circumstances are how my parents treated me we're not taking responsibility for our lives and so, you know, what we have seen is through a weekend like this, men get to see the lies they're telling themselves. Now, again, they don't know they're telling themselves. Like, some of them do. Some of them do. A lot of them are just living life. And so the, the reason this work is so important is because, <sighs> because we all need a little nudge from time to time to, to sort of like see the bullshit that we're swimming in. And take stock of it and figure out what to do. Yeah, man, it's uh, I think we've all got the it's embody is a mirror of all of our experiences, and mm -hmm. you know mine was mine was certainly similar, and and I see the work of of embody as a retreat and the work that we're bringing. It's it's really about bringing men back into the truth of their hearts. Yes, mm -hmm. and and I believe that happens through the body, which is why that this is called embody. But I actually beyond beyond helping guys lead a, lead a more purposeful life and a life of depth, which is, which is, is big. I actually believe it's a source of healing for some of the big challenges we're working with societally as well. So when a, when a man or a masculine being, if you will, is disconnected from their heart, the decisions they make are, are poor. The decisions about their lives, about what they do, about resources, about they're not they're generally not good decisions and when a when a, a man or a masculine being is attached to the truth of their heart it's a beautiful thing to see what comes out of that and i we saw a lot of that with the men in the weekend is you get glimpses of what does it mean to actually be you know connected to the pulse of the earth to the pulse of your heart and to act from there instead of going into the cerebral and making decisions based on logic, which of course, like, like it's got a ton of value, but it's not the only valuable thing. That's what, for me, that's why I'm so committed to this. I actually see it as a source of healing for the planet, which um, I hope and, and wish that that is the outcome uh, overall with this movement. Yeah, that's so good. It, it reminds me of the work that actually went on while we were at Embody and I'm actually wondering if we can kind of lift the veil. Like, 
what goes on at Embody? I, 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 this was one of the most curious things. People had a really hard time almost describing afterwards, like, what, what just happened? Right. So I, I want to actually start there, and I, I kind of want to ask Ryan, why do you think it's so hard to describe what happens at Embody? Just start with that question before we get on to what happens. I think that, uh, that it's very easy to describe outcome-based programming, which is what most of us are used to with a weekend retreat or you know a conference or whatever. Well, we don't do outcome-based programming. <laughs> we, we, uh, we initiate men via a process. Mm-hmm. We workshopped together and one that we found effective in our lives. And so how do you, in order to articulate what a weekend was, you kind of need to have this singular story that everybody experienced, right? Though there's teaching, like he, he really helped us with like mindset, you know, we did, we did yoga, like you can describe some of the, some of the pieces, but each man's process was so tailored to himself, not by us necessarily over tailoring it because the process does what the process does. Um, all we require is, 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 is authentically showing up mm. and, and just staying with it, you know, and then, and then each person. So I think that's, that's a hard thing to describe, you know? Yeah. It's even hard to describe the outcomes of it because when you get back immediately, there's a little shell shock. There's like all this optimism or, you know, th- that sort of responsibility allows for, but then, you know, I, I can be in control of my life, but then also it's, it, you're reeling from, well, what have I been doing for the last 35 years of my life, you know? Yeah. Travis, what, what happened for you in, in that experience? Like, how do you begin to describe the indescribable? Yeah. I mean, as soon as you try to describe it, you're screwed in in my view. Um, (laughs) you know, the arc that, that Ryan was the mastermind behind is it's an experiential arc. And so if you, if you start to break down, well, we, we started off by doing a little bit of yoga and then we had some discussion about purpose. Like you can go through it. And, but what that is, is it's just a perpetuation of trying to, you know, cerebralize or logic your way through an experience. And that's why embody experience is there. The, the whole, the whole point of it is we're, we're trying to, we're trying to offer, in my view, we're offering men up, up for a moment, a, you know, a couple days, we're offering them a different experience of their own lives. Mm. And mm-hmm. that mechanism is the mechanism that I believe is needed for transformation. Mm. When, uh, when you're, when you're experiencing it, it's almost like a different version of, of reality into Ryan's language, like what's possible, mm. things start to shift as opposed to, I learned how to dot, dot, dot. <laughs> sure. Um, and there's value in learning how to do things. We talked sure. about this a lot, but there's, I think we overemphasize learning how, and we underemphasize just the, this adopting a state of being and seeing what that does in your system and seeing what you emerge with. Mm-hmm. When a man comes to embody, he comes with his entire history. That's something I said earlier, like his entire history. And if you think about it, there's no possibility in that history. Right. Like that script is fully written. <laughs> right. And so 
I, I, imagine bringing like a fully written character for a for a play or a movie to to a party and it's like okay here's the fully written fully dialed in character that I've got that I want to portray that I want that I want to show off and I really want to improve this character well you can't that character's already written that ship has already sailed and so embody the crazy thing about it is that for one moment you step out of the script and I, I might even say it's not even like two-day kind of moment it, it might even be for a minute like you're not in the script anymore you're not actually in that weird space where the character is already written for you you're actually able to begin to be a new being and, and that's why it feels so intoxicating in the moment and maybe so hard to describe afterwards. Yeah. Well, so, so the three of us are, are, are coaches of sorts. And, you know, one of the things that, that coaches do for their people, for their clients is, is mirroring. Mm. And that's one of the things that we get to not just the three of us do over the weekend, but have men mirror other men and somehow that allows for certain realizations of sort of like, it's not even just, oh, I never thought about it that way. It actually is it's some deeper knowing that's experienced. But generally as men, we're very go it alone. We're very, I don't need that. We don't look in the mirror a lot. I mean, honestly, we don't like, like the physical mirror. And so, you know, having a weekend that is so up against your reflection, hmm you really do begin to see, I mean, it's, it's hard not to see the areas of inauthenticity that you were calling authentic along the way. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's powerful. I mean, it's, it, it's scary at times. It is scary at times. You want to run, you want to hide, you want to just go back to sleep, but then you have the support of, uh, of, of us and the, the, the men that you're going through this with to stay with the work. It's brilliant. So let's talk about the components that make up this, you know, this indescribable space, because <laughs> it might be really hard to talk about the overarching or the, the, the whole, but, but surely we could break down into these uh, categories of what's going on. Um, we've talked about these key words of like shadow and identity and purpose, and of course, embodying all of those things together. Where do we want to start with that? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think, I think shadow is a, a big one Rainier, And, hmm. you know, even, even in my work with you one-on-one, -on -one, you know, this is a, it's a really important area. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we can say more about it and especially beyond the intellectualization of shadow. Yeah. Well, I sort of, I mean, hinted at that with my own personal story, um, earlier. Um, it's not just the demons though, that, that you hide. I mean, really rightly understood the shadow is everything that you had to cut away, that you had to hide away, suppress and repress to belong very early on in your life. And we learn these mechanisms uh, very quickly because we're so motivated as homo sapiens to be a part of the pack, to be a part of the tribe. And in order to do that, we have to hide certain things about ourselves that we learn very quickly aren't acceptable. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so much of our early development years isn't so much like a growing up as it is like a putting on of a mask. And what's under that mask, what's often unconscious or, or just barely conscious, like subconscious, is um, are, are these things that really plague us. They show up in strange ways, right? They show up in self-sabotage or, um, or like affairs or drinking or a, a moment of explosive anger when you thought you were a really nice guy or, or like laughing at that really weird, ludicrous, inappropriate joke or, or maybe none of those. Maybe just like sometimes a dream just like keeps happening and, and you, you feel it all these different signals or or maybe you just keep getting feedback from others and it's totally conflictory to how you feel but the shadow are those things that we're not quite aware of that keep on coming up in our life and they feel like they're sabotaging us now I won't get into what the reality is because the reality is a little different than we think but nonetheless for most people the shadow shows up in ways where they are expending a tremendous amount of energy trying to suppress and repress these things that they've had to cut away to be in relationship. Yeah. And oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and what happens when they let the cat out of the bag is they gain back all of that energy and vitality that they were using to push that stuff down. And so the process of shadow work, whether it's individual or in a group, which we're talking about here, um, is, you gain vitality and energy again. So that's really exciting. Well, let's, maybe, maybe we can talk a bit, a bit more about, um, you know, how that, how that shows up during the weekend. You know, I mean, it's such a, it's such an undercurrent, this, this whole shadow piece for all the guys coming into it. Um, if we can talk a bit more about that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we use um, a technique. I think we we've kind of like bandied around and called it relational yoga before, but really, it's using as Ryan was saying that relationship as the mirrored backstop that we play mm-hmm. with. So we we use the relationship with the man across from us or the men around us to reflect back the the parts of ourselves that we don't always see. So we use a, a number of techniques to draw those hidden parts out. We're not talking about like a spewing your inner deepest darkest secrets or anything, but what actually happens are, are we are seen profoundly seen through a variety of exercises, whether it's taking a stand for, for the things that um, you prefer or, or maybe you got offended by a, a guy or all these different kinds of things where you have to actually be authentic about what's going on inside of you. And, and then what happens is you can't hide anymore. And in that moment, you either reject yourself, which we've been doing our whole lives, or... Or we find embrace. And I think that that embrace um, suddenly allows the shadow to be seen and then eventually to be integrated. And really for me, the highlight of, of Embody is like this shadow integration work that we do where we suddenly get very close to the shadow. Wasn't that for you, Travis? I mean, we were co-leading that. that It, it was a night exercise, right? It was like a, a night um encounter and man what did you think of it? it it felt so powerful to me yeah i was in i was in awe at the 
the depth that guys were willing to go into the shadow with, you know, without it feeling contrived or anything. I mean, it was, it was them in essence confronting and, and as you said, bringing close all the elements that they've cut away mm-hmm. and, and to do it in an, in an embodied way is I, I think that's the key because you can go and read about the shadow, which you sh- I think you should, but that probably is not going to be, at least from in my experience, that's not the way that, that the shadow gets integrated. It's an, it's an embodied experience. Um, and I think that, that was the essence of the, of that, that evening practice. Um, and that's where we, you know, a lot of guys really felt like, yeah, we, like they got, they got a taste of a different reality, one where they no longer had to, to, uh, hide the shadow Mm. and seeing, seeing that when they bring it out, you know, people are not repulsed by it like they are. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, it's a gift to the world. Yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. To dovetail with that um, or into that, I feel like shadow are these, it's, it's these repressed places. It, it, it's, it's kind of like our, I hate to borrow from astrology too much, but I sometimes think of it as moon. It's, there, there's a truthfulness, but it's, 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 it's covered over. And identity is sort of that sun sign where it's like, well, I'm definitely this. <laughs> where, where I show up, you know, people know me as this mm-hmm. and you know, getting back to what we spoke about earlier is that a lot of that is learned in the same ways that the shadow is learned, where along the way, people reinforced in us, oh, you are a good boy. <laughs> oh, you are a masterful teacher or you are a wonderful student. And, and, and we pick these things up and in, in the same survival mechanisms that go into repressing shadow are the same things that lift what we call identity. Mm-hmm. And so we lead with those things. I am these things. Don't ask me about those other things, right? <laughs> and most of us can relate to that on a certain level that we've cut out certain things and that we lead with other things. But there's this, so, so there are these, uh, these ends of the spectrum that, that maybe we could say, oh yeah, I'm really not that and I really am this, but there's this whole area in the middle that's just left unexplored. It's just the water that we swim in. And so we get to explore that through unpacking shadow, but then the flip side of that, unpacking the question, who am I? Hmm. Identity. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're twins, aren't they? Right. Like, I mean, right. yeah, the almost, I, I know we don't do like, uh, photography film anymore. It feels like so often, but, but almost like the negative side of a photograph, right? Like the negative of, of a clear image of a photograph. Dude, you know what it is? It's Loki and Thor. It's straight up Loki and Thor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love mythology and that trope of of brothers is so consistent. I mean, you you referenced astrology. Obviously, there's Gemini, which is the twins, the light and the dark side. There's Cain and Abel, right? There's the one that was a, appealing to God and the one that was judged by God. There's Loki and Thor. On and on. Like you can count all of these twins going back, but that's one of the ways that humans have really thought of this, that, that there are these two co-equal parts of ourselves and one, um, and, and they're mirrors. And yet we keep one hidden. We keep one in the dark. It's the shade. It's the shadow. Yeah. 
So talk about identity. Talk about that public self and how we access that at Embody. Like, why why is that important to us? Like, why why do we come at that and how? Well, without getting into too much of the how of it, I think I think the why we get at it is because it's it's where we are right now. It's how we identify. So you know, you can't you can't you can't be transformed if you don't know what you've been doing to get you to this point right now. So we have to be very clear on what your here is, what your who I am now is, so that we can actually begin to unpack that. So identity in a lot of ways is just an opening to be able to see, you know, how, how am I showing up in this world? What are the stories that I'm believing? And then on top of that, what are the contracts and conventions that this identity is involved with? You know, what are the what are the promises I've made to my wife? I'm going to be this sort of way. What are the conventions? You know, I'm this kind of employer so that we can begin to see like who like where did those even come from? You know, how did you build those up and choose those particular stories? So in the end, it's not about erasing your identity, per se. At the end of this weekend, you still get to pick up your identity, whatever it is, however you've integrated your shadow with the things that you lead with and move forward. But we get to observe it, not like a study, like reading a book, but actually observe it in a mirrored, embodied moment. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so Travis, like hold that, hold that space talk about how we embody these big things like shadow and purpose and identity because embodiment is really a part of of what you're engineering in this whole process that we've we've set up as the embody retreat or the embody immersion so how do we begin to embody these things these big concepts well i mean the the for me this is about taking these big concepts like shadow purpose and identity and embedding them in your system so they've already been embedded over whatever i mean we, you know 25 to 50 years you know depending on who's showing up to the retreat and so the embodiment part is giving someone the, the possibility and the opportunity to embody some a, a, something different and and that to me is, is it's a combination of things. I mean, there's, there's obviously some of the, you know, I call it yoga. I mean, we're, it's, we're moving primarily. I'm using Kundalini yoga as, as the, you know, the entry point because it's such a, a powerful body teacher to give someone a, a different, a different frame on reality. Right. So there's breath and movement and certain, and literally getting into the body. But then there's the, how do you take these concepts and embed them? So take them from here, you know, from the head and install them in the, in the heart and then in, in the nervous system. And that's, that's another kind of yoga, if you will. Yeah. So when you're embodying the shadow, it's like really like getting intimate with it. Mm -hmm. How does it move? What does it look like? What does it smell like? <laughs> you know, that when you start looking at your identity the same way, it's like, oh, well, how, how does this identity move me? What, what's the, I mean, literally, what's the shape that I have taken 
from the forces of my identity and my shadow? And how does that shape show up in the world in the way that I move, in the way that I might speak, in the way that I interact with with the world, in the way that I interact with my emotions? Mm. And that's the that's the essence of of bringing in body is to embed new possibilities in your system. And it's not easy work and it doesn't happen in two days, but we give people a, here's the, here's how you can do more of it. Yeah. It's really interesting because when we set up this, this journey, one of the things that we were so clear about was that we had to make this accessible, but not in the way of like dumbing it down and giving it real like pop language, but actually making it experiential. And we, we, we even set a, a, percentage-based formula. We said 70 to 80% had to be experiential. Mm. Like 20 to 30% was discussion-based. So the whole thing was about getting men out of their overactive heads and truly dropping them into the soles of their feet, you know? I mean, like dropping them onto the ground, into the soil, into their bodies, into their very heart center. And yeah. man, I, I love that. I, I feel like we brought every available resource that we had at our disposal um, to do that, to get men into that place where they had that clearing, that open moment. Well, and there was, there was almost more observation by the men of themselves around you know after they'd done a kundalini yoga practice then there was around these you know like like mind-blowing uh identity uh movements like like after they would do these practices they would be like oh you know i didn't think that i could actually do that or like so it, it created this incredible it actually moved up to the head because the head is observing but the heart is seeing like it it really is an incredible um it is, it is such an incredible piece of the weekend. So, you know, what happens when a man leaves this experience? Are you a transformed man? The possibility for transformation is there. I mean, I think that I don't, I don't really know that we give people tools. And in fact, I, I avoid that term. It's, it's, we give a, we give a person an experience and it's it's up to them to do something with it so the the way that one of my teachers talks about it he says that a, a weekend event or like a retreat you know an experience it can put you into a state mm. so most people come back whatever whether it's a leadership seminar at work you know a, a weekend away a retreat whatever you call it you come away and you've been put into a different state mm-hmm. your job then is to adopt traits Mm. that can that can keep you in the state so you're it's it's up to you to figure out well what are the traits in essence how do i need to be in the world if i would like a state like this to continue for me whether it's clarity bliss depth connection whatever it is and that's the part that's up to the to the guys and um I think it's, it's a hard one to do, but what we do for them, instead of saying, well, do this, this, and this, it's more like, well, you've experienced it. You've been put into a state. What would need to shift, right? Then you can get into the tactical. 
what would need to shift for me to be in this state, for me to have the, for me to have the kind of traits that would put me in this state in my life. Mm. Yeah, what would it be like to accept reality as it is? And what would it be like to be fully responsible for my life? Because those are ways of being. Those aren't, those aren't just means of doing. And it, it, you're totally right, Travis. Like, we're not sending guys home with, all the, with this you know, to-do list of like how to, we really are sending you home with a, with a possibility for existing in a different way. And Rainier, you, I, I love that you introduced me to this to this passage and I've heard it so many times since then, but it's like, you know, before I was enlightened, mm. I chopped wood and carried water. Mm. After I was enlightened, I chopped wood and carried water. <laughs> so you, you show up to do the same things, but you do them in a different way under a different uh, mode of existence. Yeah. It's like, I think I heard a modern teacher rephrase that old passage. And he said, before I was enlightened, I was depressed after I was light enlightened, I was still depressed, right? Like you go through life. It's the same life. Everything like nothing's really changed, but everything is different. Right. And one of my favorite stories. And I, I mean, this is why, like for me, this is an enlightening experience because it, it correlates to this story for me. You know, the, the disciple comes to the wise guru and says, I've been with you for years. And yet you've, you've held out the final teaching on how to be enlightened. Please give me the secret. And the teacher turns to him and he says, what do you hear? And he says, well, I, I hear the traffic in the background from the city nearby. And he says, uh-huh. What else do you hear? And he says, I hear the mosquitoes buzzing as they come towards my neck. <laughs> he says, what else do you hear? And he says, I, I hear the pounding of my heart working up the courage to ask you for this question, this answer. He says, what else do you hear? And he says, I hear the song of the birds. And the teacher looks at him and says, you have already received the final secret to enlightenment. You know, it's like when you can stop and really hear what's going on, it doesn't change what's going on. The traffic's still there. The mosquitoes are still there, but you've heard them. And uh, it reminds me of what one of the participants said out of the first embodied. He said, if you're sick of discussing or listening to others discussing theory and ideas and you're ready for actual practice. This is the retreat for you. You'll be challenged. You'll be seen. You'll be held. You'll be changed. I've been in therapy and group settings with men for years and nothing has compared to the depths to which I was led during this weekend. It was extremely difficult. It was uncomfortable. It was even confusing at times. And it was one of the most beautiful, meaningful experiences I've ever had, man. I love that. Like, that's it for me. Yeah. Felt. Yeah. That feels good to, to read those and to hear those from guys and the guys that, you know, that we're still in touch with. Um, and, and, you know, this is, uh, this is a, a program for, you know, to borrow a Kundalini term for the householder. Yeah. 
you know, the guys that we had coming in there, they've got, you know, they got partners, they're leading big lives. They've got kids, some of them. They're, some of them have been married for years. Some of them are going through divorces. Like this is not a, you know, the elite of the, of the elite guys that have nothing but time and money on their hands. It's guys that have to do this to, you know, relational yoga day to day to day. Mm-hmm. And the, the transformation that's possible is not that your life changes and, you, you know, you become a, a billionaire and never have to work again, which won't matter. Could happen. <laughs> Could. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's learning about a new possibility for, for being in your life that has more depth, more love, more purpose. And that's, I mean, embodying that could be the thing that you just do for the rest of your life. Instead of approaching it, you know, from the, there's a great book by Chogam Trumpa, Spiritual Materialism. Mm -hmm. Instead of approaching it the way of, well, when I I do these five things, I'll I'll be a better man or I'll be initiated. Like we're, you know, I'm really, we're not initiating guys because there's no step. <laughs> right. Like that's the initiation. <laughs> yeah. There's exactly. no secret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, um, and, and so, yeah, the kind of guys we were getting were the guys that were experiencing some of the very things that you and that the three of us have been through in our lives and the, the things that we'll continue to go through in our lives. Uh-huh. You know, we're not, we're not there as your wise gurus. No. <laughs> right. We're there to lead an experience. Right, we're there, we're there to help you cultivate your wise guru. Uh, Not there to fix you. We're just yeah. we're just there to lead you lead you back home a little bit. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I I recently heard um, someone say like, "Oh, we need at these these places like the presence of a of a master therapist if we're going to do these kind of intensive retreats." And first of all, I I actually come from the world of psychotherapy, so I find that a little humorous anyway. <laughs> Uh, because I've known a lot of like not so wise master therapists. Uh, and that having been said, you know, my response is kind of the same thing with the guru. Like be your own fucking therapist. <laughs> you know, I mean like be your own guru here. The, uh, what would you say about like the myth of like, this is meant to fix broken men, you know, like what would you say about that, that myth that might come up? I think it's, um, it's, it's a myth, man. And, and especially it's, it's a myth that I told myself and that a lot of guys did of like, I'm broken. I need fixing. And when I found my first teacher, that was exactly the way that I thought the world was like, Oh wow. Something in me is broken. I, when I fix it, everything will be fine. Yeah. And the, without, you know, the, the idea that, that the guys that come to this thing are already whole. Hmm. That's right. It's, it's huge. And, and that, that we're all standing as brothers and equals. This is not, you know, this is, this is about, you're already whole. You don't need fixing. And I'm not here to fix you by the way. Um, I think it's an important message for, for guys to hear so they can come into it with a sense of, of course, you know, there's going to be some apprehension and anxiety about a new, any new experience, but to take away this idea that, you know, we're going to, we're going to make you do all kinds of crazy, crazy things so that you can be fixed. (laughs) You know, I think the other the other one that comes up is that you know we're initiating guys into manhood in some way. I mean, we got guys showing up that are in their fifties. Like, oh, yeah. they don't need initiation. No one does. I mean, well, I mean, I think the initiation is important, but this weekend is not necessarily an initiation. 
it could feel like that for some yeah, it could be that for them but it's not what we're going for we're not we're not like oh you need to <laughs> go through the gauntlet <laughs> yeah well we do come with paddles i mean that that we that's we, right. we definitely yes, have but that that's, but that's just for people with daddy issues yeah that's right yeah <laughs> which you mean so all of us <laughs> yeah this isn't an uh, initiation into manhood totally yeah um and you know and, and while it's while it's it's it the experience it, for for guys is going to be wildly different you know i mean the, it's the totality of the arc that we created that that and whatever guys bring to it that is the experience yeah. you know there was there's some there's some guys that experienced some painful emotions others that didn't you know there's no we don't have a ceremony uh where we're we're forcing you to emote in a certain way um we're we're asking you to to be with what is and things bubble up mm -hmm. sometimes for some guys it was a very it was a purely blissful experience so it really depends on what you bring to the weekend and you know, how full out you want to play. And also that there's no, like, there's no pinnacle, like, oh man, I like, you know, this guy cried so much. He must've had a better, it's like, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's real easy to get comparative. Yeah, it is. And you know, you see it on the, uh, the, the optional Sunday night, uh, psychedelic work that we do you sort of you you see each man's experience of the weekend in this short microcosm so some men lay on their back and they're just in bliss they have they have they have fulfilled on their commitment to be there that weekend they've done the work and now they just like lay back and for three hours they're in the river mm. and then there's other men who now emboldened with a sense of i can face scary things in my life go in and during the psychedelic time, they actually will confront traumas or hold traumas that they hadn't had the strength to do in waking life. You have other men who just, who just weep and laugh. And it's almost like this, this like a uh, very shortened version of what happened for them over the full weekend. Mm. Yeah. It's like a punctuation, right? Absolutely. I, I did want to, I read this really interesting um, critique and I wanted to get your guys' take on it. Um, it's a critique of a lot of these men's gatherings that seem to be happening or maybe even this budding men's movement that, that is happening. And I, I wanted to hear your guys' take on it. Um, it says... Our fear is that the men's movement will do what men have always done, at least since the advent of the patriarchy, blame women for their problems and defend their own privilege. It, is this like a weekend where we sit around and talk about how to maintain the status quo of masculinity in your guys' experience? Well, I mean, first of all, there's not a lot of sitting around and talking. Um, you know, secondly... <laughs> You know the the idea of the idea here is is actually to be giving men an experience of of masculinity in many forms, and that the spectrum of it is what we can celebrate. Mm. And you know we certainly the 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 lineage I come from is is he talks about the sacred masculine, which in in today's language you could say it's the masculine. You know of of direction, structure, purpose. 
connected to the truth of their heart and plugged into the pulse of the earth. That's, that's wow. my view of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, just, I don't think that's the status quo, man. That's like, that's not what I see out there. So, if, you know, if, if that is the status quo, then yes, we're perpetuating it. I, I just don't <laughs> see that. Um, I don't see that very often in the world. Yeah, I certainly don't see that, that being uh, a, a solid way to to critique what, what we're up to only because, you know, we're we're actually not we're not dealing with uh, what that what that author is talking about is sort of like these prescribed notions of of masculine feminine, how they've gotten warped over time and institutionalized. We're not we're not talking about institutionalized masculinity. We're, we're, we're allowing these men to be reflective on their own lives so that they can take responsibility. So that they can see the scripts that have informed their lives. And some of those things are institutionalized masculinity because that, that's, how it, that's how we grew up. So we allow them the opportunity to unpack that and take full responsibility for how that's been destructive in their lives or how it's gotten them success. Like we're just offering the opportunity to be honest. Mm. And I love that word that you both used responsibility. It's awfully hard to blame when you're taking full responsibility for your life. That's so true. And that's, that's one thing that I see again and again with the men who were present, like you're here to take a stand for you in this world, not blaming, not excuses, not escaping, simply taking responsibility for your world. And that is powerful, like not, not power in terms of privilege, but like power in, in terms of your ability to make an impact on your world, man, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and this is, this is a place of, of healing and, you know, healing the masculine heart. So it's, it's a, it's, it's a very different experience and it, and you know, it's not going to be for everyone. Mm. Some guys aren't going to be into it and that's, that's totally fine. I mean, we're, we're, we're looking for guys that are looking for more, more depth and more purpose and, and more connection from life and questioning the story that they've been, been sold. And we do that in a, in what I believe is a, a unique way in an embodied way. And, it, and, and at the end of it, you know, there's, there's, you know, I, I, I think back to the, the clarity and openness that these guys were walking away from the weekend with, as we're saying, as I was saying my goodbyes, you know, you just, all, every man, man after man just feels more open and more available to the world, which if that's all we did, then all mission, mission accomplished. What are some of the things we don't do? <laughs> like, I feel like it might be important to create a bit of a via negativa here. Like, what don't we do? It might be difficult to explain what we do, but are there things that we don't do? Yeah, I mean, you know, Ryan, as the, as the master you know, of the arc of the weekend, you know, I can tell you that n there's no embody that's the same as the other one. So there's, we don't have like a production line that we take people through. Um, and there's, there could be value in that. There's some, there's some great programs, you know, cause it's, it's the, the diversity of the, of the men that come that provide it. But, you know, like mankind project has a fairly 
fairly uh, standard programming. I shouldn't say standard; it's deep, but it's got a it's got a process to it. But they're largely similar. Mm-hmm. We're offering something a bit different in that it's it's always going to be different, mostly because the three of us are um, you know we're we're making art out of this. So there's that. I think I like the other that. piece pieces that stick out for me is, you know, we're not forcing anyone to do anything. So we're not forcing anyone to to emote, to cry. To, we're not forcing them to wrestle with each other or to yell off into the abyss or to, you I know, like that though. That's a good idea. Like it's that. sure it could be. <laughs> um, we could we could do a counter embody uh, where we do all yeah. things ironic embody. <laughs> Ironic embody. It's like That's it's like it could be a Thursday night add-on where where we do all the things that we don't do during the weekend. We just we'll just do them. Yeah, super interesting. Um, no, I think the other thing I'll I'll say you know although we you know we do have a you know a, a psychotherapist on hand. Former, we're not there to former former I should say <laughs> we're not trying to diagnose you with anything. No, yeah. like we're not there to 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 try to fix any kind of psychological problems that you have. Um, so we definitely don't do that. Anything else I've, I've missed that we don't do. Um, we don't starve you. We don't send you out into yeah. the woods by yourself. Wait, that, uh, that did happen. Though. <laughs> that actually did happen, but that was not what we did to them. They chose it for themselves. That's different. Uh, you know, that we are, we are there with you. Um, yeah. We are there with you as, as much as you allow us to be there with you um, as, as participants. And that is one, one really interesting thing. I mean, we haven't really talked about the the flow of it and I know that we're probably eager to, to move forward and to, to probably wrap this up, but I, I kind of want to just structurally talk. I mean, it begins on a Friday night. It ends on a Sunday afternoon. There's an optional psychedelic ceremony and ritual uh, Sunday evening, but you know, from the minute they get there on Friday, late afternoon, early evening, we're in it, right? I mean, like, yeah, we're into the flow of it. Oh, immediately. Yeah. In fact, it, it, it even begins before that with group threads and uh, video check-ins. And there's a tremendous amount of participation leading into it we kind of had a phrase that we said over and over, like the retreat has already begun. And we were saying that like a month ahead of time. Mm -hmm. The Greeks did this uh, 3000 years ago. The the Greeks had this, you know, great mystery that they, which was this sort of once a year experience that they'd allow any Greek citizen into uh, where they went through and did sort of deep, uh, revelation of revelatory work over over a series of days but what they would do is prior to that experience they'd actually spend months fasting preparing um and while we're certainly not you know asking that of our participants you know the journal prompts that you provide Rainier, are incredible for really breaking open the mind and heart getting them aligned uh the uh the the, the Facebook lives that we do were, were really critical in, in establishing rapport with each other before we even got there. So absolutely. It, it, it begins the moment that, uh, that a person signs up. Yeah. And then they hit the ground running, uh, that Friday afternoon, we evening, we eat together. Um, and our first session is shortly after that we clean up. Yeah. 
and and we're in it. It's this really cool experience because it's in a shared uh, home slash lodge, right, where we're all kind of staying. So there's a tremendous amount of togetherness that's happening. So already we're we're literally in each other's nervous system fields, um, and so you know we're thrown into this very great tribal experience beginning Friday evening. Um, we go through uh, a series of practices and then and then we get a little sleep and man we hit it the next day all saturday is from one process to the other even even like personal time um solo time is is working time right i mean like we're doing the work we're trying to create this high energy frequency right we don't experience these things much we don't really experience much of this in life. So for those, you know, hours that we're together, we are going at it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's one of the reasons we moved away from the retreat language. You know, there's, we can't guarantee you're, you're not going to walk away from this thing feeling, um, you know, slightly shaken and, and maybe even a little tired. That, that's oh, not yeah. the point. The point is not to have you walk away feeling like you've been at the spa it's to have you walk away feeling like, wow, I'm so much more open and available to the world. And that, that takes some work. So we do that. Um, you know, and I, it's a, it's a beautiful art, man. I want to, want to make sure I acknowledge Ryan for, for being the mastermind behind it. So Travis, I'm just going to take this moment right now yeah, and let you know, because this has been mentioned and you love the art. We all love the art. So this, this began with Rainier. Oh my God. And I just, it, it has to be said I, now to be fair, I workshopped it and put it into human being language. <laughs> Cause Rainier was like, sent me like alien symbols for what it could be. Yeah. Translated it. it actually it's, it's not dissimilar to Joseph Smith reading <laughs> the, the, the tablets. So Rainier made the tablets. I read them <laughs> and we're starting a religion. Well, and truthfully, Travis was the one who actually anchored them. So I, I was I was going to say, I feel a little awkward here because in, in truth, Ryan, and I've never shared this with you, Travis actually incepted this moment. He came to me in a dream and <laughs> laid out a lot of those ideas, those alien-like <laughs> ideas that I tried to share with you. So it's, it's very strange, this trinity that we have here. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, who's the father, the son, and who's the Holy <laughs> ghost? That's what I want to know. Okay. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's finish, let's finish this. Yeah. Let's get this yeah. out because, um, how, how would you wrap it up? Like, what are the final thoughts that you want to convey Travis and Ryan, Travis hit it out for us. So if, if, if you're like me and you've read all the books and you've, you've tried to intellectualize your life and you think that there might be something else for you and more depth and more purpose and more connection, more heart, then that's what this weekend's about. And so if that's, if that's what's on your mind and, and that's what's in your heart, then come to embody. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a shift taking place right now. And we've sort of all hinted at that in multiple ways. And, you know, there's this, there's this ancient prophecy about how the Eagle will soar for a period of time after the condor had, and at some point they'll begin to fly together. And the Eagle represents, uh, represents the mind, the condor, the heart. And it, we are right around the time where this 
you know, convergence is, is taking place. And I see it. I think we all see it where the weariness of just being so mind centered is failing us. It's part of the reason our institutions are falling apart. It's all mind based. And so this ability to bring the heart in line with the mind or rather bring the mind in line with the heart and have them work together. It's incredible work. It's, it's happening. Like it's not that we're making it happen. It's happening. And embody is an incredible way to participate in that where you bring the unconscious places of your lives into consciousness. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I would just probably add to that, you know, come to embody to experience our, our production line style process where we force you to cry and to wrestle and to yell into the abyss, like Travis was saying, and we treat you a little less than a brother. We're going to definitely diagnose you, try to cure you and you'll leave fixed bottom line. (laughs) Just kidding. Those things aside, that's not as clearly not what is happening. Um, Lots of your mom jokes. jokes. No, I mean, it's exactly what you guys were saying. And I I just, I want to add to this, not with a sense of polishness or, or scriptedness that I left that first embody knowing one thing that, that if I could give a pill (laughs) to everyone I knew, this was it. Like Mm -hmm. this was it. It, There weren't some people who needed this. It wasn't like there was a special category of men who just could really benefit from this. And everyone else was fine that I wanted all of my friends, even though they were my friends. Right. And I, I hate to like, you know, commodify them and oh, pay to come to a retreat. I'm leading <laughs> like there was a sense like, oh, my God, I want to tell every single man I know about this transformational technology that we have stumbled on and built and created out of our experiences and vision. Like I, I, I came knowing that, and, and that's where I still am. I want men to participate fully in this because I've seen how powerful it is as a facilitator and for the participants. Absolutely. That's still my hope. All right. John, All right. There. So, so embodymenretreat.com. Yeah. yeah. Next dates are in April, April 15th to 17th. Awesome. Is that it? That's what, it. What else are we missing? Anything, anything? embodymensretreat.com that's very big very big reserve your space day oh how many spots are total available how many men can come to this i think we have like a dozen spots available right now and of those only six available for the psychedelic um sunday night so uh probably best to get on that i know we're running the 15 percent off thing through the end of february through the end of february the 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 month of love we're giving the love so 15 percent um, definitely come invite your friends. You're not going to be like scared to look at them after the end of the retreat. You're like, so did you do that too? That thing? <laughs> <laughs> Like you'll definitely go into the depths, but you will know each other more and you will take one another further in life. That's one of the, the coolest things that I saw happen among friends who came. So definitely Absolutely. bring a buddy. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, thanks guys for jumping on the call. Thanks for, uh, hanging out and I'm excited to see you guys in April. All right. All right. Bye, brothers. Cheers. Okay, that is it for episode 27. That was all about the Embody Immersion. If you're interested in attending, uh, you know someone who wants to attend, 
Our next dates for 2020 are happening April 17th to 19th, and that happens out in the Northwest on Harstein Island. You can find out more at embodymensretreat.com. I will link everything up in the show notes. And thank you for listening. If you did enjoy the podcast, uh, for sure, I'd love to get some more ratings out there, or you can leave me a comment on my website at travisstreb.com. All right. We'll talk to you all next week for episode 28.